0: Welcome to the Leadership Habit Podcast from the CrossCom Leadership Institute, the show that brings you inspiration and information to help you transform your leadership style. We use our experience developing leaders in over 60 countries worldwide to help you develop the skills and tools you need to reach your leadership potential. Join us in our mission to create a better world by developing stronger, more ethical leaders. How can you make leadership a habit today? Welcome to episode one of The Leadership Habit. I'm Jen DeWall, a leadership development strategist, and I'm excited to be launching Crestcom International's new podcast, The Leadership Habit. We are kicking off the first episode introducing you to Crestcom CEO, Tammy Berberich, Tammy holds an MBA and has held numerous executive-level positions leading transformational change within both small and large organizations. Tammy has coached over 100 CEOs and key executives on leadership, change management, organizational design, and strategy. She also literally wrote the book on developing great leadership habits. It's called The Leadership Habit, available now from your favorite bookseller. Welcome, Tammy. Well, hello, and thanks for having me, Jen. I'm excited about being here. I am too. Uh, Tammy, you have an impressive background and a really great, admirable, respectful history of developing leaders. So tell me, why is leadership development important to you?
1: Well, Jen, I am blessed, I mean, truly blessed to have the opportunity now in my life to work in an organization where my personal mission is aligned with the organization's mission. You know, I'm passionate about leadership and I love to help people do great things and to have impact together. Leadership, my definition of leadership, Jen, is the ability to engage a group of people to perform well above their perceived capabilities to achieve a
0: shared vision. Yeah, leadership is pretty powerful, thinking about how we can unite people to work together and just really help empower them to be their best selves. So, Timmy, you're the CEO of Crescom, and for those that are unfamiliar with Crescom, how about telling us a little bit more about what Crescom does? Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, at Crestcom, Jen, we believe that we can make a difference in this world by developing great leaders, leaders who are ethical and strong in their beliefs, leaders who will make more thoughtful decisions going forward, and leaders who are committed to lifelong learning, not only for themselves, but for those they lead. And when you look around today, I mean, I just watched the news last night and this morning, you realize the importance of what we do. You realize the urgency of what we do. And we live our mission by developing, or we live our mission by delivering an interactive leadership development experience, one that produces. Real results. Every word is important in that because what we do is always going to be interactive. We are experts in leadership development, and we will always ensure that it's applicable and it has measured results. We hold our participants accountable for their action plans, and we've been doing this for over 30 years in well over 60 countries and we know from our experience and from research, we know what it takes to have an effective program, an effective program with sustained behavior change. So what we do will always incorporate three key elements, implementation, (laughs) It's got to be practical, got to be able to implement it, and it's got to be measurable and accountability. We, in order to have sustainability, we've got to hold our participants accountable to implement, and then they'll get it. It'll become, leadership will
0: become a habit, a daily habit for them. Right. I want to ask you a few questions about the leadership habit, but before we get into it, you mentioned something about the accountability piece. And you know I think that's really important to bring up what Crestcom does is building in that accountability because I know myself personally, I have attended leadership trainings. I have been to multiple different classes because I do love to develop. But the biggest challenge that I have is actually following through. Sometimes I get that information and I don't necessarily utilize it.
1: Yeah, no, that's, you're absolutely right. And let me just take you through a little bit more about our program and our methodology. Um, Our program is a a 12-month program. We we don't believe in these one-off type of training programs. We believe in developing a relationship with our participants. And we believe in a a 12-month, type of process so we facilitate two leadership modules every month and it's 24 interactive modules in total and then during the class our participants actually practice the new tools or the new processes and then we hold them accountable to implement the concept in their organization before they leave our class We have them pull out their phones and write down their ideas and their action plan in our mobile learning portal. And and then from there, after the class, we do a few things. First of all, we send some reinforcement material a few days after the class to keep them in action, to keep them thinking about what they learned in the sessions. And then um, we also send a summary automatically comes out again, sort of a summary of what they learned again to trigger. Are you in action? Are you in action? Are you thinking about this as you're going through your day to day? And then we don't stop there. In fact, what we do is we have what's called a debrief meeting with them so we we go to their office and we meet with their team and we talk about this we we get the the supervisors and the ceo involved because we we've been sending them summaries so they know what the participants are learning so we have a dialogue about the learnings and we talk about what what struggles you know what what do you what have you implemented and we can see that right up on the screen because we've got their learning portal online and what are you still struggling with and what we want to do is create this culture of openness create this culture where people are learning together and and people feel like it's okay to be vulnerable uh, and, and to help each other uh be better leaders and so this—it's um, it, not easy, and and oftentimes we get busy, and that's why we put so much structure around our process because we need to help you as much as we can get into the habit, the habit of
0: leadership. Well, yeah, it's understandably—I mean, if you think we all have a million things that we're running to, I know myself personally, I have, you know, the day of work, and then going home, taking the dogs for a walk, cooking dinner, or if you have children, it's you know putting them to bed. It's a lot. And so it sounds like that structure is just something that's so valuable. And the other piece that I thought was interesting that you said is just that connection, that collaboration that's created with that, that leader who attended the program, their manager, their company. There's that connection to say, we're in this together and we want to support you. So Let's see what you were able to execute, right, and implement as a leader. How did that go for you? It sounds right. like you're actually introducing a lot of that, those coaching conversations, which Absolutely. we know today are so important. And there's there's no failure here. There's only learnings. Tammy, thank you so much for helping us learn a little bit more about what the back what CrossCom does, the background of CrossCom, as well as understanding a little bit more about the leadership habits. So now what I was hoping to do is Get your insight into some of the challenges leaders and organizations face today. So, there's a recent report that was published by Deloitte, the Deloitte University Press, and it said that 80%, 80% of company leaders recognize that there is a leadership skills gap in their organization. But half of those leaders don't have a plan for closing that gap. Why do you think that is? And why should we better prepare new leaders for increased responsibility? Well, uh, (laughs) those are great
1: questions. And let's start. Let's start with the why. Um, Why is it important to develop our leaders? And, you know, I just let me personalize this for a minute here. I run an organization and with today's low unemployment rates, it is difficult to find good people. And so that so that means that the people that you have, those folks, they've got to be developed to take on more responsibility. And not to mention that it is critical that you retain these people because they they have other options. So you've got to make them fall in love with your organization and you've got to let them know that you care about them as people. And you know there there's just there's just so much change happening today. Um Jen, I mean, you look at you just look at just in a year the, the change that's going on in the world and just the change in, in, in our world and in, in our state and in our industry. Um, th- that means you've got to learn how to deal with change and, and you've got to be agile. Um, and so what what we're really wanting here at Crestcom, personally what I'm wanting, is, is to have an, and to develop a group of employees who are lifelong learners, employees who are genuinely curious. And um, in fact, I just read an article about this in this month's Harvard Business Review. Um, These type of employees will, uh, instead of reacting to change, will proactively anticipate changes that are occurring in the market. And just think about that. Think about the impact of having an employee base uh, made up of lifelong learners, right? Think about the energy level. Think about the fact that you would become more of an agile, innovative organization. I mean, this, to me, I bet there's studies on this and, and um, uh, uh, a lot of analytics in, in companies that you would get into that an organization full of lifelong learners is is far more competitive and far more profitable than other organizations. So, you know, your second question, so that to me, that's the why, Jen. And, and your second question is, well, if the why is so, key and 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 there's so much value in it why aren't they doing it right, why aren't right. they investing in their people why aren't they closing these gaps um, and you know I mean, there's probably several reasons but um, I think the primary reason may be time and in reality development really creates time. development good leadership development actually, Builds capacity um, and and gives you back time, and and so we we've, we've got to spread that message around. We we've got we've got to make sure that leaders understand that. And then secondly, um, some of the organizations they 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 don't see a return or they haven't seen a return on investment from from their development. And and to me, this means that. You probably have had the wrong development um, because we take this seriously here at Crestcom. We believe in value. We're not we're not after just, you know, selling a commodity here. What we're after is is um, offering value and, and having impact and, and, and we want to see that impact with our participants i mean that's why we do this that that fills us up that's um why we're in this business um so you know i think finding the right organization you know that that is going to be your your partner and and is you know an organization where your folks
0: um can engage and you can see the return uh, is important absolutely Well, in building that in, you know, a lot of companies, you mentioned it earlier, time can be a barrier to development, maybe not realizing that it's actually an expectation, especially within what I've read in the millennial generation. It is an expectation that an organization provides developmental opportunities or opportunities for growth. If not, you're going to lose that employee and you'll incur those higher turnover expenses, the onboarding, you know. That's where training, I think, the the cost seems like it's actually high, whereas really, if you look at it as a developmental opportunity and an investment, and you do that head on and you're intentional and you focus on saying you're new or you're young, we want you to be successful, here's those opportunities, that's where that return on investment is. When we don't do it, we don't get that return on investment to our bottom line. So. You know, it kind of doves in like it kind of dovetails into that. What kind of real life results do you think that organizations see when they actually invest in training?
1: Well, we get testimonials from our clients all over the world, and um, and I love reading these testimonials. By the way, I mean they totally make your day, um, but they they say things like, um, not only did you know, this development make me a better leader in my organization. But it also helped me be a better spouse. It also helped me be a better parent. I mean, our development um, impacts your whole life. And um, I also remember interviewing one of our participants um, while I was in Trinidad. And she um, she tells about a story. And she was negotiating this this big deal in her company. And she um, she had first gone into the the initial uh, negotiation. She really wasn't satisfied with it. And then she had attended our session on negotiation. And this is this is a true story. And she um, talked to me about after she did that she went back and redid her negotiation strategy and approach and she saved over five hundred thousand dollars wow five hundred thousand dollars um in you know for her company um through that negotiation and she uh she tells you that this is attributable to her um, her development. And so, you know, there are soft impacts and there's what you call um, hard dollar impacts. But uh, when I think about it, they're all impacts, right. you know, that, that really uh, show up. They show up in the energy in your organization. They show up in the decision making in your organization. They they show up just in the, um, just the everyday interactions. Um, you, you want folks to wanna come to work. And, um, and I, love, I love being able to go into our learning portal and and pull down some of these, um, these action plans and, and, and these results. Uh, and just to read some of the things that they've implement and some of these are small things, small things maybe to me or to you, but maybe big things to them. Um, And then some things are like huge things that they're going after. Something that triggered a thought, right? They're in the class and it triggered something and then all of a sudden they're going after something big, you know, something very big for, for themselves and for their organization. So. Um, I, I love the, the the fact that we can view that and that CEOs and supervisors can also get in to our tool and view this. I mean, there's a complete transparency there in terms of, of what the return is. Uh, and, and the other thing I would say is people keep coming back. We have a, a huge repeat business. And so um, they must
0: we must be doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's you said it earlier, it's not only about how can I make you show up in a way that you can be more influential and more successful at work, right? It doesn't stop there. It carries over into our personal lives. It really, it sounds like just impacts that overall happiness, that quality of life. We're not just talking about leadership as a generic topic. We're talking about your ability to enjoy your life, to be able to be the person that you want to be, to be right. that leader inside That's and outside great. of work. Our life is it's
1: precious, right? And we got to take that seriously. And, and so every day is precious. We got to make sure it's full.
0: Yeah, and it's great that we can, you know, that these developmental opportunities hold that space for people to focus on their own development, their own goals. Even, you know, you talked about that creativity piece, attending those classes, thinking of new ideas. I mean, it's great to think about how we can challenge ourselves and amaze ourselves. $500,000 to negotiate that in negotiation or in that negotiation is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so those are great things to realize. And it's exciting. Well, you know, one of the other things I, I did not mention um, that I love
1: seeing is that our public classes Jen, our, our public classes have peers from different industries. And so I may say, for instance, my takeaway is one thing, but you are from a different industry and your takeaway is another. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I, yeah, I didn't even think of it like that, right? Because we're all coming at this in, 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 with different perspectives and with different experience. And so then that multiplies my learning, right?
0: So I'm learning from others in the class. Yeah, it's like travel. I mean, you know, travel gives you that opportunity to see things in a new way and being able to participate in a class and hear a concept, but talk to someone outside of your industry and share those ideas. Think about how you can implement it. You know, that's a wonderful thing to know that the trainings are a catalyst for conversations, they're catalysts for innovation, and also that expansion and the networking between organizations. Who knows what type of partnerships can be generated from that? So, you know, we're going to turn um, turn the corner a little bit. You know, talking about those results, you're a CEO, which is a position that many people strive to achieve, and it's oh my gosh, it's something that I admire so much, and I hope that I can be there one day. Uh, My question for you is, to the CEOs that are listening or the people that want to be CEOs, what advice would you give a fellow CEO about how to close the gap to create a learning and development culture? So, you know, we talk about that training piece and what we're doing as an organization to help people. But really, there are some things that need to be addressed in the culture to prepare for these expansions. So what advice would you have to close that gap?
1: Well, I would say ownership, and what I mean by that is you'd need to put more ownership on the employee, and you probably weren't expecting that answer. You probably were thinking, you know, I'm having this big checklist of all the things that the CEOs would be doing. But really, I mean, I see that the, there's so much value in, in having a, a, an associate or an employee take ownership of their own development, right? You know, where do you wanna go? Um, let's talk about what your strengths are. Let's really talk about how you're going to grow those strengths. How are you gonna leverage those strengths? Let's talk about what you're passionate about, right? So let's talk about this this combination of passion and things that you're good at and, and figure out where where that's leading. Right, so I'd put more ownership around uh, the development, Um, I would put more ownership with the employee. And, um, you know, we do uh, a short session with companies and the folks who go into our program and and we get feedback and and we coach CEOs. Um, One of the things we tell CEOs is it's important to not force, this on your employees. I mean, employees need to want to do this. And so that's why we do this many, um, oftentimes we do this many leadership um, skills workshop uh, for organizations where they can actually experience our training. And so then the CEO can see firsthand if, you know, how does it let me see how my, my employees react to this. Are, do they like it? Do, do, are they engaging? Is this something that really works for them versus me pulling my employees to attend something? I don't think that works. Um, I think that we've got to have people that really want to develop themselves and, and, um, and then we offer that, uh, that opportunity. Um, and I think that's key. Um, you, you want to well, and then the second thing is hiring people, right? Hiring people for talent and 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 people that want to grow themselves,
0: right? So those yeah. two things. Yeah, you need the right people to be able to execute that organizational mission. And you said something too, and you know, not only finding out that ownership, but starting the conversation. And if you haven't started the conversation with your employees yet, chances are they may be feeling lost, disconnected, and they're wanting that connection and opportunity to grow and develop. So, for CEOs, it's about starting those conversations instead of pretending that development is something that's in a silo and not part of our day to day responsibilities. That's huge. Uh, you know, you've been in the learning development space and you have you've had a really great career with a lot of successes um, in your opinion how has learning and development changed over the years I think
1: but um, the delivery has changed and I think we will continue to see change in, in that um, in that realm so we, we know today that face-to-face, live, facilitated development is best practice, right? We we know that you can see the whites of their eyes. You can see, are they getting things? And and that's best practice, and that that is our methodology today. But we also know that with technology, um, interactive technology uh, uh, improving, uh, every year, there's going to be movement to where that can really be a nice blend, uh, and and you, some you might have heard of this concept called the flip classroom. No, I'm not familiar with that. So several of the schools, some of the, the schools are piloting this, and and basically what what happens is that that the students are doing a portion of their learning online, self-paced, with some interactive type of self-paced learning. And then they are meeting face-to-face for more of an, an immersive experience to practice what they learn. And I think this is an interesting concept. And this is something that we're currently exploring with, um, with Crestcom. And so, you know, in the next few years, you may see um, at least our continuing education portion um, head in this direction because it's interesting. And, and, um, you know, that, that the whole, the whole thing for learning is before previously it was learning was the manager's job or the HR's job. And now Like I said, learning is really gonna be more uh, personal and it's gonna be driven more by the employee. So um, that means we've got to really understand how various employees learn, right? Right. We all learn differently. We all want different um, methods of delivery based on our learning styles. So what we're gonna see is that the learner is gonna be more in the center of the the learning and development and we're going to be focused on them and then um develop the 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 best practice and those skills etc around how they best can um, take that learning in um and so there's this is a, a real exciting time for Crestcom is a real exciting time for our
0: industry. We're gonna see a lot of changes over the next few years. Well, yeah, and it sounds like there's just that opportunity to personalize, to make it accessible. Again, time is one of the biggest barriers to people wanting to do this and blended learning, um, having opportunities to do it on demand or um, opportunities to meet face-to-face. People want options, and the more that we give those options, or the more that you give those options, the more success others will have. Um, You know, I've just really been enjoying this conversation, but I want to dive it again. I'm going to give you another statistic. So according to the Udemy In-Depth 2018 Millennials at Work report, 42% of millennials said that learning and development is the most important benefit when deciding where to work. So how does this desire from the newest and largest workforce demographic impact organizations today? I think this is key for um,
1: organizations to understand. Millennials want a career path. They want development and they want to continuously know where they're heading. Uh, You know, when I think back to when I started, it was like I was just so happy to have a job. You know, I wasn't like, when's my next promotion? You know, I wasn't into that. I was like, head down, you know, just keep my head down and work as hard as I can. Um, but, but today, they, they've got more options for one thing. Um, and so we've got, you know, at, as CEOs and, and, and leaders, we've got to make sure we're attractive. Um, to the largest working generation. And um, and so that means we got to focus. And, and, and we can't be bugged by that kind of discussion, right? We, we need to know how to be open to that discussion. We need to know that this is just, um, this is who they are. This is uh, what they're wanting. And, and we need to be able to have those those discussions and 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 frankly, I love this. Um, I I th- this goes along with my my previous point is I want our employees to own their own development. Um, I want their our employees to be pushing me in terms of their their path. But that doesn't mean they're going to get that path. What they are going to get is they're going to get some clear feedback and they're going to get some opportunities to learn. And, and that's really what they're they're wanting. And, you know, I often see that, oh, millennials don't want to work. I don't think that's the case. I think millennials need an open dialogue about where they are and where they're going and, and how do they get there. Um, and, and the other thing I would say about this workforce is that, they want to work for um, organizations that have a worthy purpose. They they believe, um, you know, th- their time is is very valuable, and and they want to make sure that they're aligned with that purpose, and um,
0: all that I think is positive. Yes, and you you touched on it. Many people can be bugged or bothered by this desire from that large generation to have developmental opportunities but really if we think about the benefits of that investment we have the benefits and improved performance we have the benefits in improved morale and engagement uh, does it come with you know requiring a little bit more upfront time sure but the long-term gains can be incredible for any organization and so yeah it's it's great that I think Millennials are challenging their organizations to think about how to think of their people as people that want to do the best that they can. They're not just a means to an end. These people want to be the best. They want to figure out how they can support you. And development is one of those ways. And then on that flip side, recognizing again that human need to want to have that purpose, that that meaning to their work, to say like, I am so glad that I can help them do X, Y, and Z, because that's going to make a difference in someone or something's life and purpose. Absolutely. So let's get a little bit more personal now, Tammy. Um, Your position, I've said it many times as CEO, is extremely respectable. What does the road to CEO look like and how do you prepare yourself to grow in your career? So maybe we're talking to one of those millennials that really wants to grow to, you know, be a CEO one day. So thinking about what does that road, what does the road to CEO look like? Well, that
1: is a very broad question. I I think because the road is so different for everyone, and um, and you know, I'll just share you know where my path was and 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 some of my insight, but. My undergrad and my first job out of college was at Arthur Anderson, and I was a CPA. And um, this financial foundation and the, the, the true understanding of a P&L has been so extremely beneficial throughout my career. And I know you're like looking at me. Oh, that does not sound fun. Um, but I'm telling you that I've been in so many different functions and having this background as a foundation has been very beneficial because, you know, I understand KPIs. I, I understand levers of a P&L. Um, and, it, and for me, that was very helpful. And especially when you're running an organization, you've got to be able to know your PL and l and know... Um, uh you know what what is important of, of how to grow your business um secondly you know i later worked in a, a much larger corporate in, in a very large corporation with great leaders and they were great leaders from all over the world great leaders from all different organizations from from frito-lay and pepsi i mean craft and i mean i can go on and on um, walt disney and what i got to see uh, so clearly um, you know what, what what good looks like i got to see what you know um some of the the behaviors of, of a, a great leader and then the third point is i owned my career path i mean i'm talking you know i keep saying you know, this is great that employees own their career path i mean i owned my career path and I took and, and every everyone's path is different. Jen, my path would be very different from your path, but but the learning there is you gotta know what your path is and and you gotta own it. Um, so I took I took uh, several cross functional moves in this organization, and um, I mean I moved from finance to sales to HR to IT to strategy and. and everybody was like are you crazy why are you doing that because it was a ton of work right because I I go into these organizations at a fairly high level and really don't know much about them so there was just such a uh, a a huge learning curve for me Um, And it would have been much easier for me to stay in my function state of finance and just to simply grow that way but that was not my path. That is not what what I was wanting. So you you gotta know if if what what your path is. And I was willing to pay the price. Meaning I was willing to work hard, really hard to get up to speed um to where I could add value in in these cross functional moves. Um and (coughs) what even though I was really working very hard, a lot of hours. Uh, I was also um, having, you know, a stair step type of transformational development. Um, I wasn't just having small incremental development steps. I was taking transformational type of steps and, and learning new skills and, and and gaining new perspectives and, and learning how to deal with new st- with different styles of personalities in, in, in the different divisions, um, in, in the different functions. And, and basically I was preparing myself to run a company. right I, I really wanted to understand all aspects of a business and, and know them, not just from a, a cursory level, but from a deep level. And uh, and that's that's what I that's what I did, and so I was well positioned um, to do that. And um, so, if you want to run a business and um, you want to be a, a CEO sometime, then you got to put yourself in situations of growth, and that also means potentially um, risks of. of of uh, not doing so well and I, I was gonna use that F word that failure um, but it but what I mean by that is where you might have not done so well right you would have learned uh, but you may not have done so well in, in certain areas because not all of those areas were my strength right um, I was building skills I was building general perspectives but I was also really honing what I love to do, which was, I love leading people. And um, I love, well, the other thing I realized is I, I love change. I, I love moving and learning new things and then being able to stabilize that, that, you know, once I learn, you know, how can I, how can I make it better and then stabilize it? Um, so I, it, it was all good learning for me.
0: You know, and one of the things you said, I'm just thinking, like, what would we say to the younger self, like to those individuals? And what I heard you say, Tammy, um, part of it was, one, being really intentional. Have a plan. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You have to know where you're going. It's not just about getting up and, you know, head and snooze, waking up, going to work and coming home and doing watching any shows on the television and then doing the same thing over and over it's about being intentional with where you want to go absolutely and finding those opportunities and then you know the other part you said is that embracing failure piece maybe not looking at failure as that awful detrimental thing but really as failure is part of your stepping stone in the process and you know one of the favorite quotes i have is comfort should scare you so looking oh, at I love it that. yeah right thinking about how can we pull ourselves out of our comfort zone to really you get
1: comfort if you, you, it's time to move. Yes, absolutely.
0: No, that's, like that. that's great advice. I mean, thinking about what I could have learned when I was just starting out, it would be helpful to think about it as that, you know, the true marathon, but actually have a finish line in sight, right? Don't just allow yourself to sit there and say, what finish line? You know, how set up some goals for yourself. That's right. When the finish line changes, right?
1: Once you've hit this finish line, well, what's your next finish line, right? I mean, there, you, you really are on a, a journey, right? A journey of learning, a journey of growth. And and um, to me, when I stop learning, that's going to be a sad day.
0: Yeah, if you're not um, growing, you're dying, right? right? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, this is great. What You know, what leadership advice? We talked a lot about how we would help the, the younger mm-hmm. selves, um, but... This is interesting. I think talking from CEO to CEO, it's, it's got to be hard for some CEOs to really talk about their opportunities to improve their leadership and or what they could do to manage some of the challenges. Because who do they turn to? Right. If they don't have that network of fellow CEOs, who do they turn to for their support? So what leadership advice would you give to a fellow CEO?
1: First of all, I would say hire great people, hire people that you want to spend time with, that you enjoy, you know, Um, know, I want to, I love coming to work, you know, because I I love seeing the people here. And um, so but 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 also make sure that you're hiring people that think differently than you do and and that i mean that's not easy right because it it would be easier for me to work with a group of people who think exactly just like me right because we get (laughs) we'd all agree and there would be
0: no no (laughs) okay ready
1: go let's go um, but at the same time, the, the decisions would not be the right decisions. They wouldn't be the, the the best decisions. And and so you got to value that. You got to you got to be able to value that that diversity. Um, and then you got to be able to show your, yourself. And and you got to be able to be vulnerable. And I think that people in um, maybe I shouldn't generalize this, but I think people in in higher level positions feel like they've got to have all the answers and they've got to be all buttoned down and 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 I think that really it's about um, it's about relating and and people want to work for real people uh, and to me being vulnerable is, is being courageous and, and being human. Okay. One um, what, what of the, the, the questions, Jen, you asked me um, before you got started, you, want, you were asking me about uh, what leadership advice would I give my younger self? And um, I'm thinking, I didn't have an answer to that originally, <laughs> but now um, I don't know if this is leadership advice, but um, I for me... I would play more um, I started working at a very young age I started working at the age of 12 and I know that sounds crazy but um, I did I was just so driven by work wanted to work wanted to be independent um, and I never stopped working and um, I mean today I, I love it I mean my passion is my work um, but I also plan play I <laughs> I plan play uh, and I, I I plan downtime. And one of my personal goals this last year was to laugh
0: more. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Poem. yeah. So we need to remind ourselves of that. I mean, again, we talked a little bit about, you know, what's going on in the news. We get so caught up. We take ourselves so seriously or we become so bogged down by our day to day responsibilities that we forget to laugh. Just taking time to have play and recognizing that that's important. Um, I remember once I was having a conversation with an executive and he was talking about the difference in generations. And, you know, he said something similar to you. He started his job and he was happy to have it, but it was a head down. And he said, you know, but today what I see is people want to have fun at work and he actually likes it you know, it was an adjustment for him, but he, he sees that value in the organization of people having fun, having play, laughing, and how that can actually aid the successful outcomes that they achieve as an organization. So one last question for you, Tammy, um, and this is in closing, even though I really loved our conversation. So as a leader, what leadership habit do you practice each day? You know, I
1: think when I look, you know, the, the, when you look at our book, the, the last chapter, which maybe should be really the first chapter now that I think about it, but it's a little too late, <laughs> is on um, personal growth. And uh, we as leaders often forget about um, ourselves. We, we sometimes forget about taking care of ourselves. And what I mean by that, taking care of ourselves physically taking care of ourselves spiritually and emotionally. And, and so I take that very seriously. And um, every morning um, I do a gratitude meditation and I exercise. And um, that really fuels the rest of my day. And I believe how you start your day is key. So
0: take good care of you. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Tammy, for being here. Absolutely. Thank you, Jen. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I absolutely. Enjoyed it. You and just, made me think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just I think that's a great closing comment, too. Like, focus on yourself, focus on what you can do to fuel yourself, whether it's gratitude or exercise, but just really focus on that self care because the world needs you and we need you to take care of yourself yeah. so we can receive those contributions. Yes. The world needs, the world needs we great leaders. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. Uh, we really appreciate your time and coming in and talking to us. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Habit Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite streaming service. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. For more information, find us at CrestcomLeadership.com. Until next time, make leadership your habit.